You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. There have been many stories about Origin. On SEN, we're proud to bring you our homegrown Queensland Origin legends. Queensland, it's a miracle! The Untold Stories, proudly supported by Franklin. Hi, this is Scott Sattler, and welcome to Origin Legends, the untold stories where we look into Origin careers through the eyes of the players that didn't get the accolades of the Lewises, the Lockyers, the Langers, and the Cam Smiths, but still played a pivotal role in the history of Queensland's state of origin. From Game 1 in 1980, when Big Artie led his players into battle against the might of the Blues, that night and that very image of the immortal Arthur Beetson gave hope to the future of Queensland Rugby League. The Untold Stories follows the players who wore the mighty maroon jumper with pride and distinction but never dominated the headlines like some of their teammates, but their story is still just as important. This is their story. Yeah, welcome to the show. Scott Sattler here. Now, Regional Rugby League has produced some of our great contributors to the game and Queensland country regions for years have offered opportunities to young men and now young women to live a dream of playing in the Brisbane Rugby League once upon a time. But then 1988 came around. You had the Brisbane Broncos, the Gold Coast Giants into the New South Wales Rugby League. So playing in the Sydney competition was then the target and the motivation for a lot of young players. Now our guest on our third segment of Queensland Origin Legends, The Untold Stories, a man who was born in Cunnamulla, played his juniors with the Cunnamulla Rams, Played one origin in 1994 for Queensland before carving out a great career, not only in the NRL, but also the UK Super League former centre, Lock Adrian Vowles. Thanks for joining us, Vowsey. Thanks, Adam. Well, you're a, great, you're a great rugby league man. I've known you for many years, Vowsey. You're passionate about the game from, from grassroots all the way to the elite level. And I just mentioned growing up in, in Cunnamulla, which you know, is, a, is a long way away from the, the east coast of, uh, of Queensland. What was it like growing up in a a small country town like Cunnamulla and playing bush footy. Oh mate, I had the I had the best childhood. Sad, so I grew up on a I grew up on a property. We had a twenty three thousand acre sheep and cattle property. Um, so my childhood before I I moved into town to go to school was motorbikes, horses, sheep, cattle, guns, you know, roost shooting, pig chasing, whatever. That was sort of my my life before I went to school. It was just amazing. I, I just got to. You know, you probably had to grow up pretty quick. I had to learn to drive a car very young in case something <laughs> happened on the property and had to drive and just had the best upbringing. And then we moved into town. Mum lived in town during the week. My, myself and my sisters went to school and then we'd go back out to the property on the weekends. But, yeah, I remember um, the first day at Carmel, I stayed school, mate. I I thought I was ready for school, but when I got to the front gate, I wasn't very ready at all. And poor old mum had to drag me in crying and screaming and... Wanted to go back out to the property, but uh, a great town. I um, had so many good mentors uh, growing up. Billy Johnson, as you as you know, but his dad 
Bill Johnson, um, you know, was the boxing trainer there, which I got sent to learn to fight after I was getting a bit bullied at school. And, you know, I, I reckon I was the fittest eight, nine-year-old <laughs> on the planet. And, you know, you had that on, in the, you had swimming club, you had footy, and I had really good mentors, including my mum my and dad. And just, yeah, it was just a brilliant place. And then we moved to Charvel when I was 11, which, again, just great times, great town. Love my footy and probably, you know, learnt a lot about footy uh, in both those towns. Yeah, great Queensland bush towns. And, and growing up and playing rugby league as a junior in those in those small towns, was it like a religion, Vowsy? I know the game struggles a little bit in the regional areas and COVID hasn't helped that. Was it like a religion each weekend getting to play footy for your, your local your local town? Yeah, it was. That's like it really was. And, you know, we only had the ABC TV out there, which we had to a 17. We got... You know, another channel when we were, when I was 17, you know, with, with ads, which was a pretty big thing for the town. Um, but we'd watch that, I'd watch that Saturday game and that's of the Sydney game and, and the Sunday Brisbane game. I watched that religiously. You know, I'd get the rugby league week would come out on the Friday. I'd be down the, at the news agents straight after school with my 50 cents to, to buy that. And, you know, in Charlotte, particularly, had two two teams all watching railways. St George and South Coast absolutely hated each other, and, but the passion was there. But you know, the amount of driving that my mum and dad did for me as a kid, you know, going away for rep footy or just you know just driving to Kalamala, which is two hours, or driving to Charlotte, vice versa. You know, there was a lot of sacrifices that that country people make, and you know, and that's what I saw firsthand. And but you know. For me, it was cricket in the off season and and footy and, and you know in footy season. I just I loved it. I lived and breathed it. I was always out kicking, always out practicing, always out doing something with the footy. Now you you talk about your mum driving you and the sacrifices that parents have to make, especially out in the west. Now what is what's some of the longest trips you'd have to make? I mean, on, out around Cunnamulla, there's I mean you're halfway to South Australia, aren't you? So there's Quilpie and St George and Augustella, those places. So. <laughs> For Charleville and Cunnamulla, what's what's the longest trip your mum would have to make? Oh, from Charleville, it would have been Cunnamulla and Corby, but I, I, when I played rep footy, it'd be nothing for mum and dad to drive me to. So when I made Darling Downs, I had to go to the carnival in Toowoomba. It was a seven-hour drive there. You know, I played for three days, and straight after the last game, we drove through the night seven hours back so I could then played footy the next day and I played a full game under 17s and a full game A grade, you know, like, and that was in Tunnamulla, so that was another two hours from the time we got home, you know, so that's that's just the sacrifices that they made, you know, and without that, and a lot of the times we were the team taxi as well, we had a Tarago, um, <laughs> a lot of times, you know, we'd, we'd go around on game day trying to get players, you know, and put them in the back of the Tarago and go to wherever the game was and, um, you know, I was playing at home but not many people like, like travelling. So that was always a... I learned my negotiating skills very early. I'm um, trying to help Dad when he was coach. But just, yeah, just... It's never never thought anything of it, Such You just you just did it. It was never... You never complained. You are just happy to have a game of footy. What age did you move to Charleville? I was 11, so uh, grade 6 and... I um I sat next to a bloke called Grant Bignall who who to this day is my best mate, you know, like and we all played footy together, another bloke, Sean Radnage, who's now the mayor of Charleville and um, you know, we've been mates all those years since and 
you know, and just, yeah, good times. And the, the last year I was at Charvalo, I swapped clubs. I went from all whites where I played four years to railways, which is akin to, you know, it's, you don't do that in the town, swapping clubs. <laughs> um, but I ended up doing that and played over and but won a grand final with all my mates. So it was just amazing. Some of the names. You mentioned Billy Johnson, who was a, a great player and a great guy and has always been a good friend of both yours and I. And some of the other names that have come out of Kamala and Charleville. Yeah, well, Choppy Close. So I never started playing until I was about nine. I just didn't want to play. And then the first game I ever watched, I remember vividly going to watch it. I was sort of half watching it because I was playing footy at the side of the, with a, with a tin can <laughs> on the side of the field. And but Choppy Close played for Kamala and he, on this day he scored about five tries and, and then the next year, he went and played for Valley. So I started supporting Valleys, and they were blue and white like Kanamala, and, and that was sort of piqued my interest a little bit. And then I started taking a little bit seriously. And then obviously Billy played for South, my brother's first and South. And but yeah, I was a Valley supporter because of Choppy, and then obviously fell in love with Wally Lewis as well. So uh, followed him to win him after that. But yeah, just and then in Charleville, you know, uh, Danny Peacock was a few years older than me. Um, then he went away, and Cameron Wade, who who also played first grade for St George, he he went to Wynnum first, and then he went to St George. So I sort of they piqued my interest a little bit how they went away and were successful, and sort of you know planted a seed. So when you're in the bush, you're not linked to any side. Like if you grew up in Parramatta, you're a Parramatta fan. So when you were a kid growing up in the bush and you're following a team, it wasn't a Sydney team. So you're saying it was more a, a Brisbane rugby league team like Valleys. Yeah, I, I, I did follow St George, I, and I, Dad had told me about how good the St George teams were of the, um, of you know back in the day when they won like ten or eleven straight or whatever it was. But I was also I didn't mind hedging my bets. I like Parramatta as well, so but I, I, I like those two sides. But yeah, Brisbane footy was pretty massive back yeah, then. Yeah, it was huge. You know, yeah, it was um, so many good players, and yeah, and it was a good comp. And I remember Norm Carr, the great. Back row, I played for West and South. He he worked for QRX and he came out to Charleville and, and I saw him down the street. But I, I was too scared to go and say hello to him because he was like a hero. So I just followed him around the street like a stalker and <laughs> I wouldn't go up and say hello to him. But you know, to, to know that he came out to our town was pretty amazing. And then the great Wynnum side came out and played a game too, which was awesome. And I remember doubling my girlfriend on, on the... I mean, push bike out to the airport, which is about four or five k, and <laughs> meeting them as they came in again. Didn't say a word, didn't get an autograph. Hopped on my bike, we got right. pedalled home, you know. But it was it was amazing. I was, it was just good times. Yeah, when life was easy. Now, obviously, we're here to talk about your selection in State of Origin in 1994. And before we get to the break, can you remember Valsey your first recollection of State of Origin and what it meant to people in Queensland? I'll tell you where I was, Sats. So I was in 85 Wick Street, Cunnamulla, in the kitchen with Dad, listening to the game on the on the radio because we were on at ABC. And Dad told me all about Queensland getting beaten, you know, every you know year after year after year. And this this was different. This was all Queenslanders and Artie Beats, and you know, he explained it all to me. And we sat there, just me and him, and listened to the game on the wireless. And you know, I just said, I said to myself down there that one day I'd play State of Origin and. You know, and it was just, just amazing. We got the videotape a couple of weeks later and I watched that game and just awesome. Yeah, that's outstanding. And you get to fulfil your dream. And we're going to talk about that very, very soon as we get to a break. This is Queensland Origin Legends, the untold stories with Adrian Vows, proudly brought to you by Armorex by Franklin, security screens, 
with strength and looks. They're great supporters of the show, Franklin. They've been the leading manufacturers of security screens from Brisbane since 1987. Don't go anywhere. We're going to talk about Adrian Vows and 1994, his selection in State of Origin. Proudly supported by Franklin, this is SEN's Queensland Origin Legends, the untold stories. Proudly supported by Franklin, this is SEN's Queensland Origin Legends, the untold stories. Yeah, welcome back. And today we're we're talking with Adrian Vows, Fog number eighty-one, former Origin great number eighty-one, and played Origin in nineteen ninety-four. But there's also a journey getting there. We just heard about his his childhood days, growing up in in Cunnamulla and Charleville, and then you get your teenage years. And you talked about making rep teams, Darling Downs, and travelling for seven eight hours to to carnivals, Vows. He, but you get this opportunity to go to the Gold Coast. Now the Gold Coast Giants start in eighty-eight. Then it becomes the Gold Coast Seagulls. Did someone see you play and give you the opportunity or did you just take the punt, pack your bags and, and make the move? No, I packed my bags. I, I used to go to these QRL um, camps they used to have in, in Brisbane and mm. I went to two of them and I met a bloke from Redcliffe called Brian Winnie, uh, ex-halfback and really good fellow. He took a shine to me and he, he liked what I was doing at the camps. He said, mate, you should, you should move away and move down to the city and play footy and you know, he said, I'm going to go to Redcliffe. And I, I had best mate, his family from Redcliffe, and I've been there a few times. I thought that sort of planted the seed. And I went, right, oh, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to move away and, and go to Redcliffe. But uh, in the meantime, um, my brother-in-law and my sister are living on the Gold Coast. They got me an apprenticeship as a cabinet maker on the Gold Coast. So that's where I was going. So I finished school a week later, hopped on the Greyhound bus. Mum planted $100 in my... In my wallet, and and I, I think it was fifteen hour journey, and then first day of work was a was a fifteen and a half hour day, which I was then begging to repeat, go back to Charleville and repeat school because <laughs> working was a little bit hard. So yeah, that I I, I moved on my own, my own. Uh, I didn't have any offers or anything, and then I went and um, trained at Southport, but they didn't show much interest, and then um, Mum knew the chairman of Seagulls, the late Vince Hargy, and rang him and said, could I go down there and play? And uh, he said, yeah, no worries at all. So I don't know how I got there because I didn't have a car. I lived in Carrara, worked at Labrador and got to Tweed. And anyway, Tommy Sell, the late Tommy Sell, was the under-19s coach. And, and uh, we went and played a trial. And a bloke by the name of Dominic Todd, uh, who you know, Sats, mm. and... We start off the bench and come off the bench and had a really good game and we were then the starting six and uh, center, six and center for the rest of the year and he's probably one of the best players I've ever played with actually and yeah I just had a really good season with Seagulls captain that side and and just got a trial with the the Gold Coast Seagulls uh, at the end of '89 and then then uh, which you played in those trials at the start of 1990 and um, and and I tell this story because it's, it's a sliding doors moment. I played in two trials and kept coming off the bench, wasn't getting a start and then we were playing Steve Rogers Group 18 rep side and um, we'd warmed up and I was sitting on the bench as per usual and Steve Rogers came over to our coach and said, uh, our 5'8 hasn't turned up, can you give me a 5'8? And the coach 
without hesitation, pointed at me and said I could go play for for him. So I was stoked because Steve Rogers was one of my idols as well growing up and I just couldn't believe it. I just I'm going to play for Steve Rogers. How good is this? Play it against my team, which is pretty sure you are in that side, yep. Sats, and uh, scored a couple of tries, set a couple up, and then I got a trial the following week against the Brisbane Broncos in reserve grade and then had a good game got a contract. That's how my... I've got my lucky break. That's great. It's a great story. It's, it is a great sliding doors moment. I, I never realised that big risk just uh, coming down and and just seeing where the the path leads you to, and then and getting a start that way. That's a, that's a great story. And then you moved to 1991 under 21s, and I was fortunate enough to play with you in that under 21 side at Seagulls. 1992, the under 21s captain, but then you get moved up to reserve grade really early on in the season. Wally Lewis is the captain coach in 92, but then in 93. And Wally Lewis is the coach only of the Gold Coast Seagulls first grade side. You played first grade for the first time against West Magpies. When you think about your debut, what's the first thing that comes to mind? The first thing that comes to mind before the debut was how crazy the West supporters were warming up. That was my <laughs> that was my first eye out. Um, I just yeah, I just couldn't wait to get on set. So I, I just I was like a bull at a gate and probably went as you do and was just trying to do everything. And I remember having a run and. Back in those days, if there was no markers, you you tap the ball forward and go again. And, that, and that's I think that was my first run. I did that, and but yeah, Campbelltown was a very very scary place to play. It was, and that West Side they had the likes of you know, Gillespie, Langmack, Joey Thomas, Andrew Farrar used to run with the elbows up. Um, now Wally Lewis didn't have a great coaching record at club level, but he was really good to the young players, wasn't he? At the Gold Coast, they gave. Myself, a first grade debut. You, Kevin Campion, Jamie Goddard. There's a lot of young players that they got to go under Wally, didn't they? Yeah, I, I, I say this. That's about that '92 under 21 side. If we'd have kept that side for the whole year, we'd we'd have won the comp because mm. there's 14 of that side went on to play first grade somewhere, and I think five of us played Origin. Yep, Jimmy and Campo and myself and Sloshy and a few others and. Yeah, we we just had a good side, but Grant Bell for me, Grant Bell was was the one who made me think differently about footy because he broke footy down more than any other coach that I've ha- I'd had, and you know he was a big. I think he was, he was great for all of us as, as young fellas, and um, you know, and he believed in him. And then Wally, we played that game against Great Britain if you remember '92, yes. which was um, which was amazing. That was my sort of first game. And then Wally, I sat on the bench in those three years for first grade over 20 times and never got on. And I was just thinking, I'm never going to get shot here, but I really knuckled down. And again, a sliding doors moment was I sat in the front row pre-season. Um, we had a dietitian come in and Julie Albrecht, and she come in and picked me out and what I ate. And, and I was working 10 hour days as a, as apprentice and, I wasn't eating anywhere near enough, so she 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 then I went and saw her every week with a diet, and she changed the whole way I ate. I ate better, I ate more, and then in that in that preseason, I put on six kilos of muscle along with a good program, a Rudy Mia, and that was a that was a cha- change for me to play first row. I hadn't been in the front row, and she picked me out. I, I don't think I would have played first row. I think that was a Again, a sliding doors moment, a bit of luck, and then Wally gave me that opportunity. And you know, I just wanted to play for Wally because for me, he was the king, he was the mm. idol, and I didn't want to let him down. And had a pretty good year. 
Well, you know, you make your own you make your own luck, don't you? You're always such a committed player. That's what I can remember as you, um, Valsey. Now, Wally gets the Queensland Maroons job, 93-94. It goes from a dream of playing for Queensland, you sitting with your dad in the in the kitchen, living room at your house um, all those years ago, and then 94, it becomes a reality. Did Wally mention anything to you during the 94 season that you were a chance? No, nothing at all. I, I got a heads up on, on that... Um I'd said to him the year before when I was lucky enough to get player of the year the year before, I said to him at, at the present, I'd, I'll see you next year. And he goes, no, no, we'll still get a trip away. I went, no, no, I'll see you next year at Origin. And he goes, ah. And then, uh, and then, uh, you know, the, the next year I got a heads up from Donnie Ferner that I might be on standby late because um, there's an injury cloud. And then, on the Saturday morning, Ross Livermore rings me at seven o'clock or something and says, mate, you're on standby for Steve Bruneuf. Um, he's going to do a fitness test. I'll ring you back. And man, longest 20 minutes of my life. And, you know, I get the phone call back the same in the side. And yeah, as you know, it's a sax. It's just an amazing, amazing feeling, amazing phone call. I'll never forget it. And to just to know that you're going to be a you're going to play State of Origin. Well, not only play State of Origin, Vows, but you come in after one of the greatest moments in State of Origin history. And we're just going to listen to some audio. This is from Game 1, 1994. 12-10. Langer pushing it wide. Walters onward. Khan joins in. Floats the pass for Renoff. Renoff down the touchline. Beats one. Gets it in field. Hancock gets it on. Queensland are coming back. Darren Smith for Langer. Langer gets it away. Here's the big fella. Gets the pass on. Coyne. Coyne goes for the corner. And gets the try. Queensland. It's a miracle. Oh, yeah. What about that one? That's fellow. Unbelievable. That's not a try. That's a miracle. One of the great calls also gives you goosebumps. So you're coming into game two. As you said, Steve Renoff is not right for game two. You come in, the MCG game is approaching. You find out from Donnie Ferner that you're half a chance. How was it? Was it intimidating? Because I'm going to go through some of the names, Vowsy. Langer, Larson, Hancock, Gilmeister, Kevy and Kerrod Walters, and then Mel. And we're going to talk about Mel in, in soon because we're going to listen to some more, more audio. But how intimidating was that for a young kid from the bush coming into that for game two? Oh, he's intimidating. I, did, I didn't know what to take in, Sats. I, I, you know, back then, I was on no money, and I had no money, to be fair. So I had a little bit of money, and I thought, I'll go and buy a new pair of joggers. You know, I don't want to go in there with it without, you know, not having a new pair of joggers. So I spent a bit of my hard-earned cash and <laughs> in my little three-cylinder Diatsu charade. I drove to Brisbane. I needed a new clutch, so it wasn't going real well. And I um, I remember pulling in there. And then I get in there, and I, I, was, I was crabbing myself because... I walk in, yeah, Mal, you know, Choppy obviously was the manager, Wally's the coach, Alfie, Trevor Gilmister, Kevy, and I just go, oh, I don't belong here. I don't belong here. But they just made me feel so welcome. Mick Hancock was awesome to me. Like, he just took me under his wing and was a really good fella. And um, Gary Larson as well. I, and, and then Alfie. Alfie's just, I couldn't believe what a good bloke Alf was. And, but yeah, when I... I when I got all my gear, you know, I went into my room and put it on to look in the mirror and see what it looked like. It was just, yeah, it was amazing. Okay, we're going to get to a break really soon, but before we go, I want you to listen to this and see if this gets the blood pumping. 
Welcome back, live from the Melbourne Cricket Ground for State of Origin 2. This is just unbelievable. An Australian record rugby league crowd has gathered to see either Queensland shut down the series here in front of this great sporting crowd at this great sporting stadium or will it be a case of New South Wales surviving and taking it to a tie break at Lang Park. They're here in their thousands and probably a crowd in the area of 90,000 have jammed into the Melbourne cricket ground. Listen to them. Can you remember what the atmosphere was like, Bowsie? Oh, it, it was amazing. Quite, you know, I couldn't believe how big the big the ground was. You know, we drove the bus underneath the ground. Underneath the ground, I'm going, "How good, jeez! Don't get that at the Connemara Showgrounds." <laughs> and, but it was just, it was amazing. There was so many people, and and yeah, it was just. Yeah. And when, when the game started, the streakers ran on the field as well, which made it even louder. Uh, well, when we come back, we're going to talk about the game itself, and also Ray Warren. Introducing the Queensland side as they come down the tunnel and onto that great ground, the MCG, and the roar from the crowd. So don't go anywhere. This is the Queensland Origin Legends. The Untold Storage proudly brought to you by Armorex by Franklin. Security screens with strength and the looks of the biggest range of blinds, shutters, awnings, and security screens, screens in Brisbane. Proudly supported by Franklin. This is SEN's Queensland Origin Legends. The Untold Stories. Proudly supported by Franklin, this is SEN's Queensland Origin Legends, the untold stories. Yeah, the Kunamala kid, also the Charleville kid, Adrian Vowles, Origin 2 in 1994, he made his debut and we've uh, heard about his upbringing, we've heard about how he found out and also some of those great players that he played alongside in the 1994 series. But before we talk about the game itself, I want you to listen to Ray Warren introducing game two as the Queensland team come down the tunnel. Here they come, the magnificent Maroons, many of them very, very tired. But that word would not be in their dictionary tonight. Malmaninga, he equals the most origin appearances of Wally Lewis right here tonight. And listen to the crowd welcome the men from the Sunshine State. Great stuff. And hearing that crowd, the MCG... Vowsy, but most notably, you know, the most successful origin coach of all time, one of the greatest players, he's an immortal, Mal Meninga, and he's your captain for that game. You often hear Vowsy about the first start of origin and when Arthur Beeson walked in and everyone said he had this aura about him. Artie, was Mal the same? Yeah, he was. Like, I, you know, I just looked at him, you know, even though, I, funnily enough, I marked him in club footy, but you, you don't realise how big he is until you're actually just standing there with him and and he, he has, he's got this aura, and even to this day when I see him, he intimidates me a little bit. He's just got this massive aura, and you know, to, to know he was in your side, and you know, even before the game sats off, off, off Mal, but Alf was vomiting before the game. Mm. I, I was crap myself, and I thought, geez, how bad is this origin? Was, Alf's vomiting, and he's played origin since you know, 87, and then someone said, I oh, know he does it all the time. And I'll, I'll just go, oh, this. But yeah, again, you just to look over and see Mal there and you go, you know what, things are all right. I, I know when you go into camp at first, it seems so far away, Origin. Then it arrives, Vowsy, and 
for the first couple of days, you sort of feel as though do you belong? And you said Michael Hancock was great to you. How long did it take before you actually felt like you belonged in origin? Or did you feel as though that you're still a fish out of water for for days leading into the game? Yeah, well, I come in with a short prep, so I come in on the Saturday, and, and I remember they encouraged you to have a drink. So we had a drink. <laughs> Danny Moore was 18th man, so we went and had a drink on the Saturday. I remember Choppy the next day asking what we did, and he I said, had a drink. He has good good boys, good boys, you know, like that was just how it was. But <laughs> I, I I didn't feel a part of it until I just had the first session. We trained at, at Langlands Park, actually, and once I got in there and then, I just felt one of the boys, you know, but before that, before we got on that field, I just, I didn't feel like, you know, I was I was a part of it. And, but as soon as we started training, I just felt great. And like I said, everyone was good to me. And, you know, and it was, yeah, I just took it all in. I just couldn't believe it. And just you know, playing alongside these legends. Now, everyone remembers something from their first grade debut. I, I remember fortunate enough in 92 against Parramatta and all I ever wanted to do was, as one of my first involvements was tackle Brett Kenny or get tackled by Brett Kenny. And I was able to do that because when I got the ball, I ran straight at him just so he could, I could say that he tackled me. Now, can you remember when you got on the field, what it was or what opposition players were involved in one of your first involvements? I don't know if it was my first involvement, Sats, but I tried to put a shot on Bradley Clyde. And um, normally I, I reckon in club footy, I might have not hurt him, but I might have dented him a little bit. But I, I, I hit him with everything I had. Oh, 87 kilo of me, and I hit him, and I, honestly, it hurt me. And I've, I've just gone, my God, like people are harder in Origin. It's just, it's just next level. Like I, I think in clubfoot, if I hit him, how I hit him, I reckon I might have maybe sat him on his ass. But mm. I just remember hitting him, and just going, geez, he's a rock. He's a rock. And that's when I was sort of going, you know what? This, this, this game's a bit tougher. Is that what stood out to you? the most when you got out there, that it was just a lot, so much quicker, a lot more physical than what a normal, well, back then a New South Wales rugby league game was? Yeah, it was. And, and, and I've, I've told the story a few times, but I got tackled near the line, near the New South Wales line, by Laurie Darling, Ricky Stewart, and Ricky sledging me and said to Laurie, don't worry about him. He won't be in the next origin anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, for me, but for me, it was like, how good is this? I'm at the MCG playing State of Origin for Queensland, and Ricky Stewart knows me and is sledging me. This is the best. <laughs> and and he was right. I wasn't there the next one, but I just I was happy to get sledged by Ricky Stewart. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. He was the best, I think, uh, in the history of the game at sledging. And um, you know, New South Wales won that 14-0, that game. And you, you talk about some of the opposition players in that side. Stewart, Daly, Clyde, Fittler. Freddie Fittler was in his like his third Origin series already at the age of twenty one or twenty two, and then you've got Harrigan, Lazarus. I think Paul McGregor as well. He scored the winning try that night to really put it beyond doubt. It was you're amongst some great company there, Valsey. Yeah, I think Ciro and Brasher, yep, um, Dean Pay. Like it was, you know, um, and that, and I had a beer with a couple of them afterwards, and they're just really good people. You know, Dean Pay, real good country fellow, and, and Ricky was. Was really good as well, but yeah, I just couldn't believe you had to pinch yourself. You know, Benny Elias, who as a Queenslander, you just hate it. Um, you know, it was yeah, it was just amazing. Yeah, just, I didn't get that long in the game, but uh, it, was, it, was, it was honestly it gives me goosebumps just talking about it, even after all these years. But 
you know, to pull that jersey on. And, and I always kick myself, Sats, because I could have got a, you know, there's two jerseys. Mm. And I I wanted to ask for my second jersey, but I was too shy. Because <laughs> I wanted to give it to mum and dad. And, you know, because I couldn't, I, I was on no money. And then I asked the, the Gold Coast Seagulls Club, could I have an advance of my money so I could fly my mum and dad to Melbourne, you know, to come to the game. And they wouldn't they wouldn't give me any money, so I couldn't I couldn't um, fly them to Melbourne. And you know, to, I, I I found my receipt for the game not so long ago, and it was fifteen hundred dollars. I got paid less tax and less two tickets. I got charged with two tickets, and I didn't even have anyone at the game. So it <laughs> was a QRL might have robbed me back then, but <laughs> but. More fool them. I would have. I would have paid to play anyway. Oh, I, I tell that story often, Valsy. You, you get an envelope from the QRL saying, "Here's a check for playing Origin. Thank you very much." And you say, do we, "You get paid to play this stuff. Like you'd do it for free if you had to, and you do it in a car park on the bitumen." Now you talk about the jersey. I remember Gordy Teller saying to me, "Make sure you change your jersey at half time and put the first half jersey in your bag because you won't get the second one." So, the one that you've got, where does that sit? Does it sit in a frame, or does it sit in the back of a cupboard somewhere? Mate, it was in a frame, and the frame broke. It's sitting where I am in my office, and it's just uh, sitting on the wall. It's still like it's on a. I think it's on a bit of uh, plywood or something inside it, and it's just sitting up on up on a thing. I need to get it reframed, um, but anyway, I get to look at it every day. Yeah. Now they went on to win the series two one. You get told you've earned an Origin jersey, which is one of the most exciting days of your rugby league life, and then. You get told that you're not part of the third one. Who broke that news to you, Vowsy? Uh, no one, I don't think. I don't think. I just. I think I. I heard it on the radio, or yeah, I don't think anyone told me that I wasn't a part of it. So, which you know, these days they blow up over, I guess. But I it was sort of. I, don't know, I just. I didn't take it for granted. I'd be there because Steve Renouf was going to come back in, and um, but yeah, it would have been. Would have been amazing to to be a part of it. These days, they would have took you to the game, you know, and mm. you'd still been a part of it. Yeah, yeah, well, we've all been there. We've all been there, and uh, it's not sometimes about the actual game; it's about the journey there, which um, and what took you get there. That's what's probably the most important in some of these stories that we're covering on Queensland Origin Legends: The Untold Stories. Adrian Vows is our special guest here today. Proudly brought to you by Armorex by Franklin Security Screens with Strength and Looks. We're going to come back soon. We're going to talk. A little bit more about his career, but also what he's doing now. Proudly supported by Franklin, this is SEN's Queensland Origin Legends, The Untold Stories. Proudly supported by Franklin, this is SEN's Queensland Origin Legends, The Untold Stories. Yeah, welcome back. Our last segment, Adrian Vows is our special guest. Uh, Origin, former Origin great, Fog number 81 for Queensland. Made his debut back in 1994, but that's not what his career was defined by. He had a tremendous career um, as one of the inaugural players at the North Queensland Cowboys and then went over to the UK Super League. And we're talking, going to talk about that and focus on that a little bit more now. And, and Vows, you did go to the Cowboys in the first two years, 95, 96. You mentioned Grant Bell, who was a, a great mentor and a great coach to a, a lot of us young players. How did you find that experience being a country boy? Did you did you love those two years you were there? Yeah, absolutely loved it, and that was the reason I went there because it was a very much a country town, Townsville, and and I, I loved it up there. Uh, a little bit, a little bit humid, but um, apart from that, it was yeah, it was really good. Great, great 
bunch of players and you know, and Belly obviously played under him and he was a little bit hard done hard done by up there actually and but yeah, just good people, salt of the earth people in Townsville and you know, I signed there to stay there but unfortunately when Tim Sheens came in I got got given the flick. Um but yeah, so I didn't only got to spend two years there which was disappointing. Some some great stories coming out of that first game you played against the Bulldogs. Only a couple of days out. Is it true that you, the players, were actually helping lay turf on the hills so everyone could attend the game? Yeah, Belly, Belly said, right, boys, we're not training today. We're, we're laying turf. And we thought he was joking. He said, no, we're laying turf. We don't lay this turf. There won't be a game on the weekend. Yeah, and the players, no one whinged. Everyone just got on. We got all the players situated around the hill, just laying turf, getting it all done. And it was, it was amazing. And, you know, like Paulie Gailey, who, who we both play with, like he built the... He built the gym inside the old, it used to be an old stables. He built the gym in there and, you know, it was a real, you know, Andrew Whittington Pud was the groundsman and, yeah, it's just good times. And then on the day of the game, it rained and nearly all the grass fell down the hill anyway. So <laughs> nearly pointless. So Paul Galea, the, the player playing for the Cowboys, he actually built the gym of the club that he was going to play at. Yeah, so he sort of had an open space inside what used to be an old stables <laughs> and they made some offices and, and then he 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 was a bricklayer by trade, and he you know blocked up the whole the gym and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it was you know, and if anyone was a tradie, they helped. It was yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Like it, we're all pretty tight knit knit fellas, and um, and all those all the Gold Coast boys stuck together pretty solid because mm. there's a fair crew of us there. Now UK Super League in '97, you go to Castleford Tigers, where you held in very high esteem. There still are today, Fowlsy. Did you you really enjoyed? Not only the style of rugby league in the UK, but you really enjoyed the camaraderie with the fans and the community, didn't you? Yeah, I loved it. Not so much when I first went there because we lost 11 straight, so I got absolutely pizzled. I really did. <laughs> abused. I got abused when I ran out, when I ran off. Going to my car, like it was just... But then I you know, I got to know the supporters. They got to know me, and then Stuart Raper came over and changed how we played, and yeah, I just absolutely loved it. It was just... It, yeah, they watch every play, every play, every single play of the game, and they watch it, and they they're just so into it. And you know, when you run on the field to warm up, you got to clap. When you run off uh, at the end of the game, you got to clap, and all this sort of stuff. And they just want, they live and breathe you. And and they'll, if I went over there now, there'd be kids who weren't even born when I was there. They'd know who I am because mm. it passes down. They pass it down. It's just it's hard to explain, but. 10,000 people over there make more noise than 30,000 people here. Yeah, we see it, don't we, each and every week when we watch it on uh, on some of our, uh, our pay TV. Now, Man of Steel, while you're at Castleford, 1999, you get the Man of Steel, which is the UK Super League Player of the Year. You had a lot of achievements. Very early, you play first grade, and then you play Origin, then you get the Man of Steel. Where does that sit with you, Vowsy, in relation to your achievements in rugby league? Uh, pretty high because Tim... Sheens when he got rid of me at the Cowboys his, his words were and I've said it many times, his words were you're not big enough, you're not strong enough, you're not fast enough you've got limited ability and I'd captained that side mm. all year, played with a torn groin, never missed a game and then to be told that but I'm a coach who I couldn't wait to play under and so so then to win an award like that was just was just amazing and I, and I went to that awards night just just happy to get an invite, I didn't think I was going to win so I'm, I'm thrown down beers left, right and centre and um, and then for all the other awards they named every candidate 
for this one, they started talking about me, so I just thought they were doing the same. And then they said I was the first, uh, second Australian to ever win the award and the first Castlewood player and named me. And I took a few seconds to sink in and I looked over at our marketing manager and he said, you've won it. And I went, holy. And then I, you know, again, I just, you know, I thanked him for sacking me because if he didn't do that, I wouldn't have gone to England. So to experience that, that life, that culture, but just, to get that award, which, as you as you know, Sats, it's, all, it's a team award. You can't do it with that team. But, yeah, it was amazing. amazing. Yeah. That's great. Great story. I get, get goosebumps listening to that. About Again, it's about sliding door moments. Um, now you're, you're coaching the women's – for the women's game in the East Tigers uh, in the BMD Premiership. And also, before we let you go, you're like I said to you early on, you're, you're always giving back to grassroots. Tell us about the Adrian Vowles Cup. Yeah, well, that started in 2014, so that's my mate who, Sean Radnage, who I mentioned earlier, who's the mayor of Charleville. He wasn't the mayor at the time, but he just said, mate, we need a, I want to start a carnival in Charleville for under-14s because there was no footy after under-12s. And his son was in that age bracket. He said, we'll start a carnival, see if we can get some towns to come and we'll call it after you. And I said, oh, mate, just, just start the carnival. You don't have to call it after me. And he goes, no, 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 you're from here. And, you know, we did that. The first year we had three. Uh Nine years later, we uh, this year we had uh, 48, I think, we had this year. 48 um, teams? 48 teams. With wow. Under 16, yeah, under 16 boys, under 16, under 14 boys and under 17 girls. So we've grown it. All we, all we want to do is grow it each year to make it bigger and then it's just grown and then, but it, what it's doing as well, it's bringing money into the town, like brings a massive amount of money into the town and um, which we're very proud of as well, but just just to keep that footy alive, so those kids in the bush get an opportunity to showcase their skills. Well, you're a great rugby league man, Vowsy. You're committed as a player and and so disciplined as a player as well, which got you an Origin debut in 1994, which sits as a, a great achievement for yourself and and anyone who gets the opportunity to wear that maroon jersey. But you're also committed to giving back for the game, and I take my hat off to you. And thanks for joining us on Coins and Origin Legends, the Untold Stories, Adrian Vowsy. Thanks for having me, Sats. Honestly, I really appreciate it. Uh, Queensland Origin Legends, the Untold Stories, proudly brought to you by Armour X by Franklin Security Screens and Strengths and Looks. And if you want to get hold of Franklin, make sure you visit them on franklin.net.au. See you next week. Proudly supported by Franklin, this is SEN's Queensland Origin Legends, the Untold Stories. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91